Hey folks, welcome back to the classic camera revival. Now, 2020, despite being a wee bit of a dumpster fire, these past two years have been absolutely incredible for bringing forward film, either releasing sheet film in roll film format. Um, Lamography has been having film rolling off the coding lines like Mad. Cat Labs has released a film stock. And um, yeah, it's just generally been an amazing resurgent of film. So we've decided to sit down. And again, Jess is with us today for uh, this episode again. And we're just going to talk film stock. So let's go. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. Okay, so let's kick it off with um, something from Ilford. So Ilford had a orthochromatic copy film that for the longest time was only available in sheet film, 4x5. Now, I had a chance to shoot it in that format. Yeah, didn't really make too much of an impression with me. Well, I liked it. It wasn't wasn't that bad. Um, but back in to um, 2019, they decided to release it in 35 millimeter and 120 format. So, Bill, tell us about the film. Ortho Plus 80. It was funny. Uh, I saw that announcement that, uh, hey, Ilford was coming out with a new film and everyone was kind of curious. They're like, finally going to try color film again? As uh, those who have really gone back into the Wayback Machine, Ilford at one point had a C41 color film. No, it wasn't it. They were basically offering Ortho Plus 80 in a couple of new formats, namely 35 millimeter and 120. I, uh, in my experience, and I, I, I uh, this past uh, summer, I was in Burlington Camera. I bought a few rolls to try out. I only had an opportunity to shoot one. And it was, um, I shot it through my Olympus OM2N with a 50 uh, f.14 Zoico lens, uh, mostly sometimes with the 28, sometimes the uh, 65 to 200 telephoto. Uh, just to sort of standardize it, I processed it in D76 or American ID 11 at one to one dilution. And I was actually it was a weird day when I shot it because it was like one of those days where it was a mixture of sun and clouds. So it was like sun, bright sunshine with lots of puffy clouds. Then you get an overcast moment and then we'll just be like, and that's why I sort of noticed the film. It's just like all of a sudden it got, went rather flat on you. But when you had the sun out, it was like three dimensional. And I was really kind of taken aback. I did not use any special filters. I It was just like either a skylight or a UV filter on the lens. And the clouds really turned out well uh, on their own. And I was actually quite taken aback with the film. And I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Will it replace FP4 for me as sort of like a standard slow speed? No, it won't. But it's a nice film to have in your bag when you want something uh, super fine grain, but you don't want to roll with a pan F50. And it's a film you can sort of, it's, it's not, you're not going to get in over your head with. Like, for example, say Ferrania P30, which is a much less forgiving film. 
in some regards in terms of latitude. And that's just from my personal experience. Yeah. Did, did you find it not the latitude to be much more narrow, Bill, on the ortho? Ortho? No, yeah. not really. Oh, but okay. again, it was like one of those sort of like, uh, I, it was an OM2N that had been overhauled. So the meter was very, uh, pretty, pretty bang on as far as accuracy. So I, I, I shot with confidence and I really did love what I got out of it and the skies. Yeah, there's one or two instances where the sky went white on me. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the certain angle I took, and right. that's it. Otherwise, the sky was like, yeah, there was a lovely contrast. Yeah. Like, well, so that that's an interesting point that you bring up, and it kind of segues into my experience with it. So, um, I, I share a similar opinion um, that you just mentioned uh, with it. I think it's a it's a half decent, uh, you know, could be used to you know as somewhat of an everyday film if you're looking for an 80 speed film um but you know there are there are some um i guess things you need to consider with it i i was concerned um uh because i was shooting it on a bright sunny day with big puffy clouds and i i wanted to uh make sure that i had some good contrast in the sky so i want to darken it a little bit um but i wasn't really looking for that stark sort of red filter um uh, darkened sky um, type of contrast. So I chose to use a green uh, number 13 um, filter with it. And I did find that it worked really well. Um, it did darken the sky where it was probably, uh, I'm not going to say like you're the same, let, let's say uh, your, uh, uh, you know, heavy green or heavy red, like filter uh, is, um, uh is uh, going to give you say a 10 out of 10 dark sky with the green filter i would say probably got between a seven and an eight in term for something to compare it to um which was actually quite uh, quite pleasing so i think if you're going to um want to kind of see sort of that um i think more gentle tonality for lack of a better description that you would find with an ortho film but you want to still capture some of the spectrum like how a panchromatic film would work um i would definitely recommend on sunny days in particular if you're shooting very green landscapes um to try a uh, a green filter uh with it. Uh, it it does uh provide really good um uh moderately to slightly heavier um contrast ratios uh so you kind of get the smoothness of the ortho or um uh, or the muted uh, sort of everyday color palette um uh, you know transmission onto black and white with a with an ortho film but it's kind of kicked up a little bit so it kind of puts it um for lack of a better description an ortho pan film i guess if you will um so try that with uh, with a green filter Oh, I, I totally agree. I just shot a roll um, with a green filter and loved the results. I, I found like the shadows, um, uh, like the shadow, uh, like if I say I had shadows being cast on, say, a road or a pathway or something, the green filter really lifted that contrast up. Whereas I think if it was just a straight ortho film, the, the shadow would kind of, frankly, look more like bedsheet stains than anything else on the ground mm. but uh, mm. um, it really does uh, uh, lift it up uh, quite a bit so especially in the mid-tone uh, tonality the, yep. the, the mid-tone contrast so yeah yeah oh, definitely man. worth a shot if anyone wants to go experiment with that I definitely recommend it <laughs> now Ilford managed to provide a, a decent number of uh, 
developing formulas for the film, um, D76, ID11, HC110, Ilfotech HC, um, Rodinol. But the one thing that they left out was Kodak Extol, which surprised me. But um, Jess managed to figure it out. And it was actually her video on that that brought her att- um, got our attention here at Classic Camera Revival. So, Jess, take us through the madness. Uh, so first of all, I do want to say that I was super excited when they announced that they were releasing this film. Um, and as soon as I heard it was coming out, I started doing research right away on it. Uh, so I wanted to know mainly what it would look like, what kind of situations I should shoot it in. Um, also, when they announced that it was coming out, it was November and we'd just gotten like a major dumping of snow. Uh, so I shot it on a super sunny day with snow and I've got to say it really sings in the snow it's one of my favorite black and white films for rendering the snow so well um but that aside uh once I started doing some research I wanted to look up development times at the time all I was using was Extol. um I was developing at home in a tiny apartment and so I didn't have a lot of space so for me Extol was both a cheap uh, developer and also didn't take up that much space. I could just mix it into a five gallon jug and away we go. Um, but after doing a little search on the massive dev chart, which I use a lot, I saw that they didn't have times for Xtal. And so I was like, okay, let me just kind of quick Google search that. As it turns out, it's not a quick Google search. Um, I ended up heading down the rabbit hole of large format photography forums um, and found a lot of different information. But one thing that kept coming up and kind of stuck in my head was that a lot of people were saying that it was very similar to FP4 in its development. Um, And so I started thinking and I was like, well, I develop FP4 all the time in Xtal, especially at one plus one dilution. Um, I rarely use stock just because it uses up so much of the developer, but uh, I started thinking like, well, if it's close to FP4, then I must be able to figure this out. So I took like some of the main developers that people use. Um, So there was D76 I compared it to and um, my mind is blanking on the other one. I think it was HC110. Um, But so I started comparing times and then I decided to start mapping it out because what I could see was at different dilutions, there started to have this curve. And through like graphing out the curve, that's when I kind of figured out if I settled in that curve in between the two types of developers with FP4, that I could probably hit the same thing with with ortho. Uh, And so when I did my video, I actually had no idea. I had not shot it yet. I had not developed it. I said this is my theory so let's go with this and see what happens um I'm very much uh a fan of just seeing what happens (laughs) even though you can get a lot of mistakes that way um and it actually really turned out super well I was so surprised at the rendering of that film it is so sharp and so beautiful the grain is so light and maybe Xtal had a hand in that as well um 
but I've seen a lot of really, really good results with other developers too. So I'm really excited to kind of keep experimenting with all of that. But yeah, that was kind of where I headed with the whole like math thing. I'm, and I'm really terrible at like graphing and math and stuff, but um, I managed to make it work for this. And a lot of people actually wrote to me after saying like, thank you for that. I tried it out and it worked beautifully. So I'm glad I could help. Nice. So this is this is a slow film. Um, ISO 80 in daylight, ISO 40 under tungsten light. But the one thing that always stuck in my mind with the um, sheet film format was a lot of the developing formulas didn't actually list what speed to shoot the film at. So I, I went back in my um, in my records and on Flickr, and I found that I had shot the ortho copy all the way down to ISO six. So I thought, well, if it's the same stuff, could I do the same thing with ortho 80? And I can. <laughs> I, I went out recently with my um, Mamiya M645 in a roll of 120 ortho plus, And I shot five different scenes, each of them three times, one at ISO 25, one at 12, and one at six and use the D76 one-to-one for 10 and a half minutes. Was it completely successful? Well, under bright direct sunlight, no. I got a lot of losses in my shadows, sorry, in my highlights. Um, but under more mixed lights, like in the forest, etc., the three frames are incredibly similar. Um, bit more shadow detail when you're shooting it at six than at 25, but just across the board, you can shoot this film slow. I don't really recommend going anything lower than six, although I'm sure if you were really crazy, you could take it down to three. But um, no, I again, I love the I love the film. It's great in the winter, um, as Jess said. And personally, my favorite developer for it is um, HC110. Um, so either at the uh, B or the H dilution. Um, another uh, slow film that um, came out recently was from uh, Cat Labs. And uh, that is their X-Film 80. And uh, again, um, a bunch of us jumped on the bandwagon, bought it. There were a lot of controversies about that film, especially when people started um, rolling it back and discovering Shanghai tape on it. Um, but the film is definitely not Shanghai GP3. No, it is not. No. Not even uh, close. I've shot Shanghai GP3. That cat lags X Film 80 is something else entirely. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about it, Phil? Uh, it is, um, again, like it's ISO Cousin, the Ortho Plus from Ilford. It's an 80-speed ISO film that loves, loves bright sunshine. And it sings when you run it through Zeiss glass on, say, oh, I don't know, a Rolleiflex. 
uh, it just there's a certain snap that you get with that. Now I used uh, the HC110 dilution B time, and as per instructions, you want to do a five minute pre soak in water to get rid of the antiolation layer and any other weird stuff you get from the cutting and uh, finishing process that uh, Shanghai took care of on behalf of our cat labs. Uh, the end results, and I've I've gotten lucky. Like I heard some people grumbling about the end results they got with theirs, but I found the stuff that I have shot with, by and large, I got great results. Like uh, it's a great generalist film for especially if they're wandering around town, landscape work. Uh, I would love to try and do a portrait session with it just to see what it can do. I just need to find a uh, willing uh, victim. I mean, subject. Uh, to uh, you know, uh, humor me uh, at our, of course, and under the appropriate protections during this, these interesting times. So yeah, uh, that was my experience. Uh, I'm still sitting on a pile of rolls as well. So it's you know, people kind of bemoan the loss of uh, Acros. Is it a replacement for Acros? No, it is not, because Acros Mark II is out. It's another. It's another niche market item that is fun to shoot with and generally get good results is provided you again do that five minute pre-soak james you've also shot um x-film 80 so bill i respectfully um gonna well, disagree is not the right word uh, my experience was uh was different than yours um and i i don't like to um criticize uh, any new film that comes on the market, because I respect the uh, effort that goes in, in 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 putting new film on the market. But if I were to put this film into a buy or not buy column, um, right now it sits in the not buy column for me. And let me explain why. Uh, because of Shanghai, because of the way it's finished. Uh, the backing paper is terrible. Um, it, I've had, I had a, a one roll, um, where I saw an imprint come through. I opened up one roll right out of the wrapper. The tape had come apart. So the backing tape, the packing paper was all loose. The roll was loose, had to chuck it in the garbage. So cat labs, you owe me $20. Um, and for that reason, I would not recommend buying it now on to should they, uh, should Cat Labs um, find a different manufacturer to finish the film, I would hands down 100% change my mind. Now, this film, there's not too many 80-speed films out there to choose from. So if you are looking for an 80-speed film, it is a, it is a good choice. Um, it was kind of like there was a big sort of rumor on the on the street that this is a replacement for Panatomic X, you know, Panatomic X being, you know, a much more lower contrast film, very smooth gradations and tonality changes and things like and contrast changes and things like that. Um, and it is kind of like that in in my experience. Um, and I, I, I haven't shot you know, whatever Panatomic X I have left, um, I, it's only in 135 and I haven't, I have a few rolls. I haven't shot it in a while. So I'm kind of going on memory there a little bit. It's not as good. So I, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a replacement for Panatomic X. I found the contrast and uh, curve on this thing to be very, very flat, um, and boring. Um, but, uh, in terms of, uh, of sharpness and grain, really, really good. Now, 
if you put a red filter on this film, night and day, it is amazing with a red filter. It has no IR sensitivity, by the way. I've tried. Don't put an R72 filter on it. Um, try shooting a portrait in open shade um, with a red filter, and it has built-in diffused glow. They're, your subjects just come alive. It is incredible that way. Um, but that said, it's still in my don't buy column because if I'm giving a, um, money to pay for a product, I expect quality for that product. Now, mind you, the price is low, but it's still throwing your money away. If you open up a, a, a roll of film and the um, tape that they used is so cheap that doesn't hold the backing paper on and the thing opens up and gets uh, completely fogged. So until they fix those issues, it is a no buy in, in my books, uh, which is really, really heartbreaking because with a, um, a 25 red filter on this thing, um, man, the results are, they're just really, really good. You know. Well, that's the weird thing because I, like, I'm sitting on a stash of cat labs. Like, I went on the bandwagon big time, and then it's sort of like, and again, it's sort of like again, touch wood. I've had good luck so far, but is it, does that mean I'm going to buy more? No. Yeah. Uh, Ferrania is going to come out with their P30 in 120 uh, in just a few short months, and I want to give those guys a, a fair shot because I think they'll probably source a much better quality backing paper and put some um put some care into yeah. the the cutting and finishing yeah. whereas uh i can't remember even i think it was somewhere where shanghai was sending their film production all enough to orwell wolfen in germany because they themselves admitted the quality control in their own factory in china was just horrible yeah mm -hmm. so you know, it's like I, a, yeah. yeah i think what happened was cat labs looked for somebody that could do it at a reasonable price yeah Shanghai was probably the people they talked to at Photokina or something like that. And, yeah, possibly. Mm -hmm. And that's where it all went down. Yeah. Um, not to disparage, but again, it's kind of like you want you you want it. I say you want consistency between yeah. roles, and you also don't want surprises. Either. It, it's annoying when you're you're just burning money for no reason. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, and I would, and you know what? I think it's like around five bucks and change a roll U.S. Yeah, I would pay. 10 bucks a roll us if i knew that it was better backing paper and when i opened it up it wasn't going to be unraveled and then you know I'm, i've got film i'm ready to shoot and all of a sudden now i can't shoot um that is really literally the worst customer experience one could ever get oh that'd be a from. that'd be a nightmare so I, I i literally i you know I'm, I'm trying not to sound upset but i was fuming when that happened because i'm like excited to try this thing and then you know i grabbed one roll and then i opened it up and i'm like um okay you know but anyway i had i had bought 10 rolls from them look um i, I know there's two camps uh, out there uh, some people really like um uh cat labs uh, the guy that owns i forget his, his name i've talked to him a few times to service jobo stuff i think he's a great guy i think the initiative is fantastic but please if, if anyone if he's listening which you know may or may not be listening uh, i love the film the film is great but just please invest in some better finishing manufacturers. And, and you know, as, as you were saying, Bill, it's really unfortunate because there aren't, uh, there's, you know, a handful of film manufacturers out there, um, you know, and, uh, and it's difficult to find someone that can finish your film for you. So I, I, I certainly 
Um, I don't have firsthand knowledge, but based on my knowledge of, of the industry, I understand, you know, the frustration in, in finding someone. So I, I definitely don't blame the intent here um, or, or the, the, uh, the people, the folks at cat labs, they're great folks. Um, you know, I, I, and it's wonderful that they produce this film. You got to really try it. So let me put it to you this way. When I say don't buy, I mean, don't buy for regular use, or at least if you're going to buy it, caveat emptor. Um, the quality is not going to be there in the finishing materials. Um, open it up in a dark bag, uh, in case your film has uh, unspooled, like uh, my role did, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. take some precautions with it. Um, use it right away. That that Shanghai GP crap is crap. Get it, like you know. Don't don't let it sit in your fridge for for months on end. Is what I'm saying. Get no. get it. Use it. Um, you know. Don't let any of that dye or stamping or whatever bleed onto your uh, onto your uh, film. Um, and Number 25, red filter, open shade, shoe portraits. You're going to love it. Okay. Now, the, uh, we've, we've, been touching the, uh, we've been touching on the 80 films a lot, and there is one out there that it's, it's not new. It's been out for a while, but recently they brought it out of the alpha stage and into full production, and that is Ferrania P30. And Jess has been doing some amazing work with that film. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I actually really love that film. Uh, I was super surprised at how much I loved it because doing some like internet research, um, it seemed like it was kind of a mixed bag of results. Like some people liked it. Like, it was kind of the film that you either loved it or you hated it. Uh, so I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, I had been planning a video for quite a while around it. And it just felt like every time I had a day off from work, like the weather just wasn't on my side. And then all of a sudden I said, you know what? I'm just going to have to shoot this role, try it out, see what it does. Um, and I ended up going out on like a really overcast day in the city in Montreal. And I find that's where this film shines because it has so much natural contrast that on a gray day, everything still turns out contrasty. I didn't even shoot it with any filters or anything because I knew it was such a high contrast film. Um, but I found that it was just so nicely rendered. Like the shadows were good. The highlights were good. Um, I think it's now my favorite gray day film and I'm super excited for them to release it in 120 because uh, I shoot mostly in 120 now. No, I completely agree. I love I, I, I struggled with P30 um, at the beginning. Um, again, I was shooting it on very uh, contrasty days. But as soon as some overcast came into play, it just worked. Um, my favorite developer for it is actually um, D96 or Kodak's um, motion picture developer. That, uh, on an overcast day, just incredible the only problem is is that the d96 times require constant agitation and when you're doing it by hand that's difficult to maintain that that rhythm is i almost needed to put on british grenadiers or something to make sure that my <laughs> <laughs> that i could keep keep time i've shot uh p30 on a few occasions again bright sunny days uh Last year at the uh, Toronto Film Shooters meetup uh, in Peterborough, I 
I shot a couple of roll, a roll in town and a roll on the way back home by way of uh, Cannington, Ontario and Uxbridge. And I just loved what I got, particularly kind of later in the day where, again, it was a sunny day. I was not shooting with any special filters and I was just like, I was just left taken aback. Yeah, I was super contrasty, but it worked well for what I wanted to do. And I do find like with this film, it does need light. Like, don't get me wrong, it really, it really loves light. It will take it in. Um, But what was really fun about shooting it on the gray day for me was that I could shoot at noon, which is normally a time I don't usually shoot around. It's just too harsh and too bright and everything. Um, Mm. But at least on a gray day, like I could, I I found I was able to shoot like most of the day, which was really nice. Um, Mm. I was using it in January. So it starts to get dark here. I guess by then the days are getting a little bit longer. So it's maybe stretched out to like 5 p.m. by then. Um, And I did find that when I got too close to the end, I was starting to notice a a difference. I was shooting at much smaller apertures Mm -hmm. uh, or much larger apertures, I mean, and uh, much slower shutter speeds. So I was trying to to pay attention to that. But um, yeah, this film definitely needs light. So I could see why it would work really well, like late, like in evening light on a sunny day. Mm. And uh, continuing on the uh, theme of uh, motion picture films, Lomography is um, just sending out all sorts of new re-spooled motion picture film. Um, The two newest being Phantom and Babylon, which are just starting to get into the hands of photographers. But the first one they ever released is Berlin. And Berlin is actually not the real name of the film stock it's um orwo and 74 a lovely crunchy soviet era motion picture film and bill has had some experience with it yes i have i have shot with uh berlin uh well i've shot berlin uh, one roll of berlin uh through my canon f1 on an overcast morning in burlington ontario while waiting for some film to be processed at Burlington Camera. Uh, I love what I got out of it. I've also shot Berlin under, because uh, again, the stock is Oro N74. I've shot that under the Burger, the Burger BRF Plus 400 label. And I shot that through a Nikon F on a, on a sunnier day. I love what I got out of it. The tonality, yeah, it's on the crunchy side. In some ways, it's sort of almost kind of reminds me a wee bit it's doesn't quite have the same tonality but it's in the same neighborhood of, of uh the pankro 400 but yeah the 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 brf plus 400 there's tonality in there to play with and, and there's a lot of fun to shoot it, it works great in urban environments like if you're doing urban documentary photography and you, know, you needed a bit of speed but you know, you've got that sort of tonality and, and sharpness even though it is it, it it can be on the crunchy side for some people's tastes. Yeah, and again, um, what I like with uh, Cinestill bringing out um, a um, a version of D ninety six, and the FPP has done so also. Um, I love um, Berlin in D ninety six, HC one ten, and Microfine, and even in one twenty, you start to see a bit of reduction in the grain, mm-hmm. not a lot, but it's just. It's just amazing when you uh, develop these motion picture films in their mm-hmm. native developers. And if you're having trouble finding 
um, the D96 Times, just look under the Orwo or mm. look on Flickr. Um, actually, no, I ended up having to go on Flickr to uh, find the D96 Times. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Not so even available on the massive development chart? No, which is weird. Um, but six and a half minutes, so right on track with uh, what um d96 most times you can just go with six minutes flat and you're good to go so six and a half is is right on point um it's not that cheap of a film when you buy it through lamography so again you can go through orwell north america and buy just a hundred foot roll of the uh of the stuff in 35 millimeter but again with lamography sort of coming on with uh orwo and Filmotech, getting it in 120 is amazing. So, yeah, I've shot it in 120 once through my brother's Texas Leica, and it was on a miserable day. It actually, <laughs> it actually looked good. It actually looked good. I liked it. Um, wish I had an opportunity to run it through my uh, a Rolly or something like that. I, I think the one complaint I had with it in 120 was the uh, Newton rings with the development. Mm. that was just my one it's just that format i don't know why maybe it's just because I've, I've dealt with other films with bases similar to what they um lomo used and yeah i never had an issue yeah it, it does tend to curl mm. um does tend to cup um, yeah cupping yeah so the next one there's no stranger on this bridge either and that's uh Lomography Potsdam, which uh, is better known as Orwo UN54. And it was actually John that introduced me to UN54. So what is it about UN54 that you like, John? Well, again, this is something I actually haven't used much in a while because I've been doing more 120 than uh, than 35. But uh, I was able to get, uh, like for a while it just seemed Orwo, their distribution in North America was a bit sketchy. Uh, it was very hard to get the film, but I was able to get a, a large can of bulk. And by large, I'm not talking 50 feet or 100 feet. I'm talking about something like 150 meters, something like that, 150 feet. So, you know, I had to sort of decant it, so to speak, into one of my bulk holders or my bulk roll uh, holders. So that took a little while. Um, and when I first started working with it, I, I forget which developer I used first. I found it a bit on the grainy side. Now, you know, your mileage may vary. It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend. But then I found a combination of film and developer that I really, really liked. The bad news is it's a developer that's no longer made. A few years ago, I got a box of random uh, camera stuff or film stuff from a friend of, a, of uh, the family. And in the box were three packets of Kodak Microdoll X developer which is no longer made i think it's been i don't know how many decades it's been since it's been made um and this was microdoll x its claim to fame was it was a soft you know sort of grain reducing developer so that if you were shooting 35 millimeter and you were shooting with the film and you needed sort of smoother grain at the cost of some sharpness you could use microdoll x uh now you could control the amount of um 
of sharpness and grain that you were trading off on the dilution. Like if you shot it tough, if you used it full strength, you'd get that maximum solvent effect. Uh, you could go down in one plus three, but basically it would almost be like D76. I was shooting it at 1.1. I found, oh, sorry, one plus one. I found that gave me the really nice sweet spot. I found that uh, I still got the sharpness that I wanted, but it just took the edge off the grain so that if I had to crop a frame or something, remember there's one picture I had of a uh, street festival and a, there was a band playing and the, and the little girl, you know, went up to sort of dance in front of the musicians. You know, great scene, but in this day and age, you don't want to be sort of breaking through the crowd and going standing in front of a, a three-year-old girl. Uh, you're going to get uh, misinterpreted. So I just stayed where I was. I, you know, I didn't have time to put a, a telephoto lens on, so I just had to shoot. I think I had a 50 on or something. And I cropped the frame to, I think, about maybe 40% of the original frame in order to get the shot. And it looked absolutely fine. Now, I only have one packet of Microdoll X left, and then it's gone. Like I said, it's no longer made. When that's gone, it's gone. Now there are other, there are other you know, equivalents that you can find, you know, for, uh, for fine grain developers. And I still have a fair amount of the film left. I just have to get off my butt and re-spool it into, or decant it into a, um, a film holder. But, uh, you know, I, I quite like the film. Now they say, is, is Potsdam going to be available in 120? Via... Yes, it is. And I love it in 120. Um, I've never tried it in Microdoll X, but I don't have any of that left. And I really should pick up the Legacy Pro um, equivalent to that, the Mic X. Yeah, there is a, there's, I should try yeah. that uh, as well. Yeah. So I think what I will do, um, does Downtown Camera have it or who carries it? Or is it mail order only at this point? Um, I think you can get it through Lamography. I think Downtown Camera has it. Um, you can order it through the FPP also. Um, but again, I really like it in D96. Um, also it does really well in Rodinol and Pyrocat HD. And again, that having that Pyrocat, um, really helps with the compensation, um, maintaining sharpness and grain reduction. So. Well, I know said, you've been. You said the P word, so uh, you got me. So I think it'll be on my uh, on my task list to go get it in one twenty, one way or another, and run it through. Uh, heck, maybe I'll run it through my Mamiya Universal. There you or, go. Uh, and try it like you know six by nine with uh, Pyrocat. That should be a pretty good negative. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so that about covers it for this show. Um, there's. It's just, it's a wonderful time to uh, get out there and start shooting film. Um, there's a lot of the old standbys still around. You got your Kodak, Ilford, um, Adox, um, FOMA. But again, with companies like Cat Lab, providing they get their quality control um, in hand. Um, and again, people like Lamography pumping out all these new old stocks and false color films it's just incredible you that so much is still available today um again jess thank you so much for uh coming on today's show thank you so much for having me it was so much fun 
And, and dare I say, you're welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Oh, thanks. Oh, you're welcome back with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we definitely hope that you and Jody can make it out to uh, the GTA next year. Yeah, as soon as as soon as it's safe to, we'll be exactly. out there. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get the uh, CCR fifty cent tour of the Greater Toronto area. Perfect. <laughs> and it will cost all... you way more than fifty cents because we'll take you out of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, I better I better start saving up now then. Yeah, only the tour is fifty cents. The rest is up to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for me. My name's Alex Oak. Saying, um, yeah, get out there, experiment and uh, just find the film you love and shoot the shit out of it. This is Bill Smith. Uh, yeah, I'm going to echo that because uh, there are some interesting emulsions coming out. Like, again, Kat, uh, yeah, Ferrani is coming out with P30 and 120. I know a lot of people who is, uh, they're looking forward to seeing that. This is James Lee. Get out there. Freeze some time with your photography. Go capture some great moments. It's been a rough year, and uh, go out there and uh, and have some fun. Let's end this. Uh, let's end 2020 on a on a really positive note. Fall is around the corner. Lots of colors to shoot. Crack open your slide film. Give the, those Cinestill guys their E6 uh, processing kits. Give them a shot. Talk to our buddies over at Argentix. There's lots and lots of labs all over the place. Use your local labs. Keep them in business. And let's keep this thing going. This is Jess Hobbs. And I'd like to thank you all again for having me on. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I guess all I can say is just get out there and shoot. Buy up film, film, film. That's what I've been doing anyway since the beginning of uh, all of this. Uh, my film fridge, or not even my film fridge, my food fridge is full of film. Uh, and I'm just super excited to get out there with my cameras again and be experimenting. I've gotten a lot of great tips from you guys, so I hope everyone else got a lot of uh, good information as well. And just get out there, get out there, get out there. This is John Meadows saying thanks to all the companies, large and small, that have reintroduced uh, old films or created new ones. You guys, dare I say it, are on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> the master of pun. There is no better one. <laughs>